Hey, it's Mark. One of the things that makes the Kindle Classroom Project so special is just how many generous volunteers there are that make the program run and thrive. There are people who maintain the website, there are people who buy books and deliver them to students, and then there are the people who take the donated Kindles and prep them and get them ready for young people in Oakland. There are many steps to this process, and I won't get into all of them here, but one crucial one is that every single Kindle needs to be updated to its most recent software. This is a big task, and so when Kieran, a high school student from Sunnyvale, California, reached out to me and said he wanted to devote his Eagle project to support the KCP, well, I was pretty happy, and I knew exactly what task he could help out with. You see, this year, we've been receiving Kindles at the fastest rate in the program's history. It's about one a day at this point. So downstairs in the shop, in what I call KCPHQ, or the headquarters, there were 240-plus Kindles needing to be updated. Each one, on average, takes between 5 to 15 minutes to complete, and that's if everything goes smoothly, and that's also after charging the Kindles. So it's actually probably even longer than that. And Kieran said that he wanted to take on all of them. And you know what? He did and I am supremely grateful. He completed the project a couple weeks ago, and I wanted to record a conversation with him about his contribution and share it with you. Here it is. Hey everybody, I am here with Kieran, a high school student from Sunnyvale, California, who has just completed a major service project to help out the KCP, and I wanted you all to get to know him a little bit. So Kieran, thank you so much for talking with me. Yeah, thank you for having me. The first thing that I wanted to ask you is um, how this all got started. So you're a Boy Scout, right? Uh, yeah, so I've been a Boy Scout for a while. I started with Cub Scouts, and then we I moved into our troop. Like we have a, there's Pack 457, and then once you finish your final rank there, you move into uh, Troop 457, and then I've been there for a while, mm -hmm. and then I started my Eagle project and completed that. That's cool. So I want to hear a little bit about how the Cub Scout thing got started. Like how old were you? And also why did you join? And do you remember all of that? So Cub Scouts, I think I joined kindergarten or first grade. I think it was first grade. And then my brothers had been doing it. So then I also naturally ended up in it. And then you also stuck around because a lot of people drop out but you did it all the way through. And so why? Like, what what have you gotten from Cub Scout, Boy Scouts, you know, throughout your time as a kid and then now as a late teenager? I mean, there were definitely times where I kind of wanted to stop, but like just the experience is really fun. All the outings we do, and then you learn a lot of useful skills as a part of it. But one of the things that you have to do at the end is the Eagle Scout project, right? And yeah. so for people who don't know, like, can you give a little background about what, what that is? So basically, uh, you have to plan a project for a beneficiary. So you come up with this idea, and then you get all the funding you need for it, the supplies, you get your volunteers, you basically just do the project. You have to get approved by a bunch of people first, though. And then the goal of the project is to have an impact on the community. In this project definitely had 
that impact, which is something they uh, look for when they review your plan. So how did you even think about like the Kindle Classroom project as an idea? Do you remember when you first thought about connecting with the KCP? Uh, my mom had talked to me about it and I remember I did a batch of updating originally and we kind of talked about the project and it definitely seemed like something I could do like distance with other volunteers. But if a lot of times people do building projects where they would like build something for an organization, but that would be a lot more difficult during these times. So I figured this would be something that would have a big impact on the community while also being doable. Yeah, it's definitely challenging this year. Um, okay, so can you explain what you did? Because from my point of view, it's like an enormous contribution. But um, folks might not even know like how important your job and project was. So can you just like sort of say, what what did you do with all of these Kindles? It was like 200 plus Kindles. Yeah, I think it was like 240 something, I believe. Um, so first I had to, we drove up to Oakland, picked up the Kindles, brought them back. Then I had to figure out how I was going to charge all of these to keep them charged for when I had people updating them. That was the whole process because I remember asking you how long like they would stay charged, but some of these had issues with battery life and we figured that out as we went along. So like during these updating sessions, occasionally we would have people whose Kindles would just run out of charge randomly and we would have to fix that. But by our final session, we were able to maximize the charging efficiency for sure. Yeah, there was definitely a lot of charging even before you did the updating. And what's very interesting here also is that like, I don't know if very many people know how important it is that all the Kindles are updated. So Kindles come from all across the country and folks who are listening to this right now are mostly people who donated. But what's interesting is that all the Kindles have different softwares because Amazon, I guess, adds different functionality each time. And we wanna get the highest quality and the updated to the students because then there won't be any problems with them requesting books and buying books. But what you found out is that all of the different Kindles have different softwares. And so like when you learned about that, like what do you remember your first reaction that it was it was basically like 20 or 30 different things that you had to do? Yeah, so I had to basically figure out um, where to get all of these software updates, which was on the Amazon website, but then how I was gonna organize them because you can't rename the files and a lot of them have like names that don't correspond with the update for what they are. Um, so I had my dad put them all in a folder organized, but the issue with that was um, when he put them in the folder, some of them accidentally like got renamed. And we only found that out when we had people over updating. So that was the whole thing to fix that. And that was an interesting issue we came across. That is also, by the way, something I found out a long time ago, and I should have told you. Like, that happened also at a Kindle party that I did, so sorry about that. But you know what? Like, you were a leader, so you made it happen. Yeah. <laughs> we figured it out. Yeah. So, like, okay, so even with the Kindle that needs to be updated, 
you can't just update it to the most, it doesn't automatically go to the best update, right? So can you explain, like, let's say it's an older Kindle and let's say that there's five different updates, like what would you have to do? Well, you have to start on the next update. So if it's on like 4.1.0, you have to go to 4.1.1 and then you have to go, keep going through those steps until you get to 4.1.4 or whatever it is. And that took a while for the ones that were older. That was a process. And did it make you go crazy? Like the amount of patience that you had to have in order for this to happen? Honestly, once you figure out how to time them all, it wasn't too bad because first you need to reset all of the Kindles before you can start updating them. So when I was, when these are resetting, uh, one of them went before the others, obviously, so that you just start that next update. And then while that's updating, you start another one. And like once you figure it out, you're able to get through pretty quickly. But definitely the first couple of times were a little bit difficult. Yeah, it, it seems like it's almost like you have to go inside yourself and just sort of like breathe in order to like really take the time. And especially like it's something that you probably could do because you're a patient person. But then you also had other people at this. Like how many events did you have one event or was this multiple events? I had two events, but like, well, two different days that I had people updating, but they were spread out like into different shifts. So I had different people, uh, people would update for like an hour, hour and a half, but the first 30 minutes was probably just teaching them how to do it. How did you even recruit these? Like, these are your friends. Did they do it just for fun or did they do it as part of like a service project? Are these like other folks like who are on Boy Scouts? Like how, how many people are we talking about? So because of COVID, we limited the number of people. Where I asked for these volunteers, we have like a Slack um, group for Boy Scouts. So I sent out a spreadsheet for people to sign up. And then I had a session with just my friends also. So the people in Boy Scouts were probably doing it for service hours because mm -hmm. you need that for other ranks to move up. But my friends just did it to do it. And then I also had some family help out. Did your friends think that this was that you were crazy, that I'm crazy, that this is crazy? I mean, they got quite annoyed with Kindles at one point because um, it was driving them a bit crazy. Yeah, that's funny. Did you get a sense? Did you actually tell them what they were doing and who they're doing it for? Like, did they get that yeah, sense? Yeah, I, I sent out a message about that before they came. And I also talked to them about it when they were here. So... Do you remember any time during one of these days where you that that was like really funny or where like you were going to just stop entirely or was it pretty smooth? I mean, it was pretty smooth. There were some times where I was like plugging in Kindles to charge. And then 30 minutes later, I realized the charging brick wasn't on. So that happened like twice, I think. And the thing was... I'm pretty sure I turned it on, but there's a chance somebody else in my family went and turned it off or unplugged it to plug something of theirs in. This is the whole thing, because if if you haven't done this before, you just don't quite understand the enormity of it. And like also, even though 
the students won't even know that this happened. And even though the teachers won't know that this happened, like you and I know about all the work that that goes into this. But I wanted to ask you sort of like, how do you feel now that you completed this project? Now that I've completed it, it feels really good, not just to like be able to get progress and get my Eagle rank soon, just the project, I really enjoyed it. I think it was for a really good cause. And I think it's going to help a lot of people out. Are you yourself a reader or were you just helping out other readers? Oh, I uh, read a decent amount. I haven't used my Kindle quite as much recently. I've been reading a lot of paper books, but I definitely use my Kindle quite a bit. It's funny because like some people are all Kindle and somebody are all print. And then people like you and me, we go back and forth. It's funny, like people ask me, do you ever read books in print? Like you're the Kindle guy. I was like, of course, like whatever. I don't really care. I go back and forth. Like that's pretty cool too, though, that you still are spending some time reading because like there's just so much going on. Do you have a sense about like what reading is for you? Like why you read and why it's important to you? I enjoy reading for me. It's just about enjoyment. And then like what we read in school is more for literacy purposes, improving writing, that kind of thing. But what I'm just reading outside of school is just for fun. Well, you're actually, there's a lot of young people who say that once they read more for school, then their independent reading sort of goes down. Is that the same case for you? Uh, Yeah, that's definitely happened to me. Um, But I'm trying to get back to reading more just for myself. It's pretty interesting, too, because like that's partly why this whole program was started, because as we see, I don't know when you started to read less, but from the students that I saw, it was sometime in middle school and then going into high school because just like it's much there's so many more demands on your time. So I just think it's pretty cool that you were able to sort of like give back and just like make a huge contribution to it's something that if I had done this, it would have taken me, I don't know, like a month just doing of hours and hours and you were able to complete it so quickly. I mean, I looked at the Kindles and they look really solid. So thank you so much. All right. Yeah, no problem. Well, I hope you liked that conversation with Kieran. It just reminds me of the power of the Kindle Classroom Project and our community. There's just so many people out there who believe in the power of reading and who are committed to young people and their reading lives. And if you're listening to this, you're one of them too. So thank you. Whether you volunteered or you've donated money for books or donated your own Kindle or Kindles, I'm very, very grateful. If you want to reach out and learn more about the program, please do so. We are at kindleclassroomproject at gmail.com. Thank you again.